Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is. The head cheese meister. It's whoops, but 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 Goodman. Greetings. I am in fact Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> <Bud> man. <laughs> and I sincerely hope you are the listener. Seriously. Seriously. I really, really hope there's someone listening right now. Uh, if you're still holed up in your house due to this darn pandemic, then then give your eyes a break from Netflix for the next 59 and a half minutes. This little radio show, you know, might just offer an entertainment alternative. Can we compete with, say, Too Hot to Handle or Ozark? Hell no, you know, but I'm assuming you've already seen all those episodes. And, you know, and maybe you're looking for other options, okay? And we can be... That other option, way better than freaking board games for sure. Yeah, I've, I've made jokes about them for years, but even I have been forced to play them, you know, at least at this point, against myself to kill time. And I have to say, it really sucks to lose to yourself. But anyway, enough about me. Uh, now I should introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy, who is calling in from her house. Are you there? Yes, yes, I'm here. I've warmed up a bit here in my living room, and I'm ready to deliver any and all possible laugh modes. Do you want to start off with a belly laugh? Uh, actually, yeah. I mean, uh, that'd be nice. Let's let's start it off with a bang. Very well. <laughs> oh, I think I nailed that. Do you agree? Yeah, not bad at all. So, so, so doing this show totally on the phone is kind of weird. Yeah, but but it's better than not being on the air at all, right? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I said I would do this, but I myself still need to watch the last two episodes of Ozark. Let's just oh. keep this show moving along, okay? Well, that's that's my intention. And now I need to introduce our you know our temporary permanent co-host Gerald Holcomb. You have a brief moment to acknowledge my acknowledgement. Just remember, if you exceed the time allotted to you, I will be forced to hang up, which is a nice bonus for me, you know, with this phone setup. Yes! Well, I, I certainly hope you will not hang up on me. That, you know, that'd be very rude, Spud. So, I would like to say how excited I am about what we have for our listeners on our show. And yeah, I'm but, but of course, uh, our, our regular listeners are well aware. You don't know what we have scheduled as you're not given that information. You, well, you know, you're just assuming we'll have some interesting stuff for our audience. Maybe someday we will fully trust you with my intellectual properties and provide that information. But alas, probably not. Good call, yo. Well, upon orders from our executive producer... I will choose another venue to dispute that situation, but can I comment okay, well. on how this public health crisis has really brought all of our families together? I know in our home, we've never spent so much time together, and it's been so much fun. 
Really? Yeah. Living alone myself, okay, with my with my pets too. I, I can't imagine what it would be like, you know, to be confined in a house with with a bunch of people. Are you saying you've never felt claustrophobic, like boxed in with no privacy? Even I have blown up at my dogs when they get too close. You know, when I'm viewing adult entertainment on the computer, you know, a, a wet nose uh, on you at the at, at the wrong moment is just a buzzkill for sure. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. Well, for your dog's sake, I would wait until they've left the room before you do your thing. Just a suggestion. Yeah, okay. Point well taken, Aunt Dorothy. Yes, but you must get out from your apartment sometime, right? Like maybe a trip to the grocery store or, or the bank? No, I'm just not ready yet. I have found that just about every need I have can be satisfied over the Internet. Thank God for home delivery, you know? It's awesome. Even even though I'm tipping them 20%, it's well worth it. Oh, I was afraid you would get addicted to home delivery, Spud. Are you telling me you haven't left your apartment once since this thing has well, kept all of us home? Oh, that is not healthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, know, you need well, to get some fresh air. Uh, walk. Take a walk once a week at least. Well, Listen. That's Listen, right. Why? Yeah. Why don't you take a walk around the block after we get done with the show tonight? It might improve your mental health. Here's the problem. You don't know the history of psychiatry. I do. <laughs> I've just never been much of a walker. You often run I, into I people that, that, well, it's just best you avoid for various reasons. When you walk right in front of them, you pretty much have to say something, and there's a good chance that things could get ugly fast. So why risk it? Oh. I was in hopes this situation would force you to understand how important human social contact is to a healthy life. Yeah. I guess not. Well, hey, I, I wave at the guy down the hall from me. It's like 12 feet away or so, you know, to, to keep that social distancing thing going. <laughs> yeah, I also drop off my old copies of People magazine, you know, when I'm done with them in front of his door. He, he's like 92, I think. He, he digs the pictures of the movie stars. I, I told him that those big stars are in real life no different than any of the rest of us, but he just thinks they're larger than life. They want to shatter your mind talking about Justin Bieber! Now, is he a regular listener to this show? Because we have a lot of big-time stars calling in. Uh, no, he, he, he doesn't care for our show. He, he's never said why, but I suspect it might be because of you. you know, he has a low tolerance for inane babbling. Babbling? Yeah. Yes, Gerald. As we have told you, less is more. I don't know. Yeah, well, how about we play some tunes right now? Let's, let's lead off with this uh, from a Seattle musician, Dick Rossetti. Uh, there, there was a documentary made about this, this guy uh, by filmmaker Isaac Olson in 2017. It was, was called Semi-Iconic, The Ballad of Dick Rossetti, and it's still available at Vimeo On Demand. This particular tune was released a few years back under the name Guns and Rossetti. Uh, here is Hello, Ola, Ciao. All right, hit it. Don't bother calling with your request. We've got the next 365 days taken care of without any input from you. Thanks. Don't forget the local show Sunday nights when you never actually wake. Program director's a controlling little bitch. Cherry picking the best from a library of about 120 songs. Program director's a controlling Bend over and take it in the ear. 1081. The Beaver. Hello! 
the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, this is Jeff Foxworthy, and I've reached the pinnacle of my career. I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. All right. Spud, your first guest, Lou Diamond Phillips, is waiting to speak with you. Now, okay. I'm, I am very familiar with Lou, as he was on a few episodes of Tom Selleck's show, Blue Bloods, and we love Lou in our home. Oh, Lou's a hottie. Now, not as hot as Tom Selleck, of course, but he's still really hot. Sir, yes, sir! Uh, yeah, okay, Lou's hot. I- I'm not going to argue that. He's also had a very long career and in both movies and television. Uh, you know, he got his big break back in 1987 with La Bamba. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, he did a great job. And his IMDb is about as long as anyone's for sure. You know, I remember La Bamba, a very entertaining movie. Now, it was about a rock star, right? I think, I think Elvis Presley? Uh, no, it was about Richie Valens, a really tragic story about his brief career, which ended in a plane crash along with Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper in 1959, I think. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, a big part of rock and roll passed away that winter night in Iowa. Oh, Spud, Spud, can you ask Lou if I could pass on a special message to Tom? If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. Uh, Aunt Dorothy, your lust for Selleck will have to stay on the down low for now. Just, just put you through. Yeah, here he is. Say hello to actor, author, and director Lou Diamond Phillips. We appreciate you coming on our show. Uh, thank you. Look at that. You know, just boom, run down the resume into all three names. So, yeah, <laughs> I feel well covered. All right. Well, you star on the Fox series Prodigal Son. Uh so proud of the show. I mean, you know, it's it just a ridiculous cast uh, and, and people that I love working with. And, and a show that, that is really, I think, staked out its own territory. You know, it's, it's, it's such a, a hybrid. It's obviously a police procedural, but there's this whole family dynamic with Tom Payne, who plays Malcolm Bright, uh, and he also played Jesus on The Walking Dead. Right. You know, he uh, is the son of a serial killer, played by Michael Sheen. And, you know, what would it be like if Hannibal Lecter had a kid, you know, and, and then taught him all he knew about crime and about psychology. And so uh, uh, that's our jumping off place. And, and uh, we, we really, I think, uh, uh, just just run the gamut between you know, the darkness and the thriller and the horror, the police procedural, but also some, some great, you know, I think, twisted humor. All right. Well, hey, does it look like it'll be back next season? As I, I know it's not your call, but as a sort of journalist, I, I have to ask. No, dude, 100%. We haven't gotten the official word, and I, and I, I can't help but think that you know, the, the conditions in the country right now are, are making everybody, you know, take a breath and, and put things on hold. Yeah. But, you know, uh, here I am talking to you. So, so Fox and, and Warner Brothers uh, have, have been wonderful about promoting the show. They've been so supportive. Uh, they, they've really, you know, uh, given us a lot of enthusiasm. So even though we haven't gotten the official word, you know, everything seems to be pointing in the right direction. And, and I think we're all incredibly optimistic uh, about uh, about a season two. You know, I've, I've been in contact with the uh, the producers and the writers, uh, our director, uh, uh, Adam Kane, who's done a lot of the episodes. And, and we all we all feel very, you know, um, 
optimistic that, that we're going to be hearing some more you know, pretty soon. All right. Well, that that's good news. So, But, you know, starring on a network TV show, a 22-episode season can take up one's time, but you are able to write a novel, too, as you have a new book out titled The Tinderbox Soldier of Indira. Uh, was it a challenge to get this done before the camera, well, working before the camera, too? Did you, did you write between takes? I am 100% wrote between takes, man. I, I, I would literally bring my computer to the to the dressing room, you know, when we were in the studio. It was a little more difficult when we were on location, but yeah, you know, and and, and kept a notepad, you know, in my chairs for thoughts that you know that I had to jot down and whatnot. But uh, uh, I didn't just throw this together recently. I mean, I've been working on this for years. Uh. I mean, literally years. Yeah, and and the and the whole thing came from uh, uh, an inspiration by my wife uh, Yvonne, who's an amazing artist, and she had done these beautiful illustrations of uh, uh, Hans Christian Andersen's original work, uh, a short story called The Tinderbox, and and that is you know the uh, that's the inspiration for this novel. I mean, it's uh, I extrapolated it into more of a science fiction, fantasy, fable, you know, uh, 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 morality tale set in space, and it's and it's uh, and she's and she's going to be doing a lot more illustrations for it but we've been working on it together for a number of years and now you know here we go it's going to get published uh it's uh, going to be wide released september 22nd and uh you can pre-order it uh through amazon or through aethon books a-e-t-h-o-n uh and you know keyword me you know ludon phillips or tinderbox and uh you know, uh, really excited for people to read it. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. All right, super. Well, Lou, you've, you've had a long and distinguished career in film and TV. Did the journey play out like you dreamed of back when you graduated with a fine arts degree from the University of Texas at Arlington? Uh, man, I got to say, it exceeded it. It exceeded it. I mean, here we are, you know, 30 years later, and knock wood, you know, still standing and still doing work that, that I love and work that, that, that challenges me. You know, I... I I always wanted to be a working actor, you know, I always wanted to be a journeyman actor, uh, and, and a lot of the people that uh, I looked up to, you know, were those guys that, that uh, they were the character actors, you know, like, like I worked with, you know, Ernest Borgnine, and I absolutely loved oh. the man, and, you know, kept working until he was 90 years old and 300 credits, and, you know, I mean, you, you look back, you know, at, at the studio players back in the day, even my mentor, you know, Adam Hort, and these, these were guys, you know, who, who just who just kept their nose down and and and, and kept doing the grind, and uh, to to have achieved the the level of success I have, I'm incredibly grateful. But I'm even more grateful that I'm still doing it. You know that that uh, you know uh, uh, it's it's turned into a career, and and right now, knock wood, is you know no signs of slowing down. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I was thinking when La- when La Bamba came out and you received such impressive reviews portraying Richie Valens, was choosing a follow-up project difficult? You were around 25 or so, and it had to be a little overwhelming. You know, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, once again, here you go. You go, you know, did it go to plan? And, and in this business, man, it's practically impossible to have a plan. You don't know what's coming down the road. You know, I mean, there have been a handful of people who have been able to really be the captain of their own ship. You know, somebody like Tom Cruise, who has had so many, you know, hits after hits after hits. Right. That, that he can be very, very meticulous about how to plan his career. You know, the rest of us, man, you know, we got, we got to hit the pavement and we got to hit the bricks and, and, you know, go after those gigs. Uh, and, and after La Bamba, I mean, it was in the can. I didn't work for almost a year. I was almost out of money. I was living in, in Los Angeles and oh. was going to have to go back to Texas when I got very lucky and I got uh, a guest spot on Miami Vice. 
And in that same episode is, you know, Annette Benning and Viggo Mortensen. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, uh-huh. uh, and because of that, uh, Eddie Olmos and I hit it off. He had worked with the Valdezes who did uh, La Bamba, uh, and the movie wasn't out yet. But Eddie asked me to be in Stand and Deliver with him, you know. And, and so that, that fell into my lap, and, and I could not have been more fortunate that, you know, there was a, a, a different role, uh, a very different kind of character uh, that I could start, you know, to, to establish the fact that I, you know, that I was an actor with some range. Wow! All right, super. Well, and speaking of stand and delivery, you, you, you received a Golden Globe nomination for that one. So that was uh, you were rolling, man. Anyway, at a very young age. And, and Spud, what? Oh, I'd like to think right now. Well, okay. Before this horrible pandemic hit, I was really hitting my stride professionally too. I was rolling, as you say, you know, both here on the radio show and in my other place of employment at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. I think I'm just now hitting my potential professionally. Uh, Lou, just just a sec. This interview is not about you, dude. D- did I ask you to provide us with an up-to-date assessment of your career arc? No. I don't remember doing so. Do you, Aunt Dorothy? No, I never heard you even bring up Gerald's name during this interview with Lou, who I will mention again, is totally hot. Yeah, okay, I, I hear you. I, yeah, I was just pointing out to others, not, not just Lou, have been able to reach their career goals. Now, for me, becoming an assistant manager is still out there. I mean, I'm currently the lead salesman on the floor, and here in the show, on the show, I'm going to suggest to our executive producer that I sit in as guest host when you're on vacation, Spud. What do you think? Uh, I don't think I will be taking any vacations anytime soon, so drop that fantasy. Now, let me finish up this interview. Okay, I'm back. Oh, well, let me close with this. Uh, away from showbiz, you know, before our current public health crisis arrived, what activities do, do you enjoy, you know, doing on your off time? Not like lawn darts and croquet like the rest of us, but is there anything that our listeners would be surprised <laughs> you're involved in? Well, you know, I, I cook a lot, man, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, I, people have seen me on the Food Network competing and things like that. Oh. Uh, my wife and I cook a lot. So, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's just been such a lovely existence here in New York. You know, I mean, we would we would go to the markets. We would go to the Union Square market. You know, we would have, there's so many different little places. Uh, uh, and, and so, I mean, a lot of times, man, we, we would just go and, you know, let the day take us where it would. And that, uh, you know, we grab dinner, come home, cook, that sort of thing. Uh, obviously, uh, I, I write, you know, I'm a big reader. Uh, I'm, I'm really disappointed because uh, I haven't been able to play a lot of poker lately. And, and I, I really think that the World Series of Poker is probably going to be, you know, postponed this year, if not all, all out canceled. Uh, uh, so, you know, I was, I was really looking forward to, to playing some tournaments. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that, that, that's, you know, kind of the thing I do. And, and other than that, man, I'm a, you know, a little bit of a homebody. Yeah, I heard don't play cards with you. You're too good. You're really too good. But let me wrap this and just say you have a new book out, The Tinderbox, Soldier of Indira, and is available and will be available everywhere books are sold. So just thanks a lot for checking in with us. Hey, Spud, I appreciate your time, brother. Thank you so much. Mr. Lou Diamond Phillips. Ready, I sit, I go, man, go. I gotta tell you about the Goodwin Show, cause I'm ready. Ready, 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 I'm ready. Ready, 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 I'm ready. Ready, 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 I'm ready, ready, ready to rock and roll. 
This is the Spud Goodman Show. All right, this song is by a dude who hails from Olympia, Washington. His name is Afrock, and he has major skills. Here's one of his tunes, True. Hit play, please. In an age when we infatuated with the negative It's often hard to hold on to the moment That stays as a bonus We fam, not a bonus of a smile or a handshake is always a bonus They wanna clone us, but I can't be copied They may have me in the corner, but they can't drop me They try to block my path, but can't stop me Got too much to say and do it, I am not stopping World getting worse with each minute passing Have a duty to fulfill, live life with passion As a man first, all the second priorities Enjoy my family, smile and life, see so much more to me Than the Fame when the whole world know my name They will say Afro blue, but he stayed the same Be true, focus on the future and the present Connect, I represent I, I represent you, I represent we I represent true, got a lot to say But not much time to do, I got a lot to say But not much time to do when I represent I, I represent you, I represent we I represent true, got a lot to say But not much time to do, I got a lot to say But not much time to do, true Days where wars on the streets, guns burst More bodies fall over here than they do over there Crime everywhere We killing the king's dream We making the same song, singing the same thing I gotta be honest, I make music for more than just me Been hard not to sell my soul, trust me When the money below, I still write truth Even though I could blow tomorrow, I still stay true Cause God gon' give it to me when he's good and ready Meantime, put a hand up and hold steady The load I bear is heavy, but it's all worth it It's just the beginning and I ain't even scratched the surface Travel the globe just to share life's purpose A lot of work to do, steadfast, can't fight nervous Speak loud if your voice ain't heard through the crowd One day the world will know what I'm talking about I represent you, I represent we, I represent true Got a lot to say, but not much time to do I got a lot to say, but not much time to do When I represent I, I represent you, I represent we, I represent true Got a lot to say, but not much time to do I got a lot to say, but not much time to do True It's I Should you? The Spot Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. Hey, we're Low Homes. We're here on the Spot Goodman Show. Thank you all for tuning in. 
We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Spud, I'm curious, what exactly do you use home delivery for? You mentioned you utilize it often. You yeah, know, I do, but... Well, we haven't chosen to go that route in our home. We've been preparing for a situation like we're all in right now, and it's taken years of planning. But I myself see no need to put added demands on the home delivery system. Have you read the paper lately? They are saying home delivery is a safe, just the way to go for everyone involved. And, okay, haven't you seen those ads for Grubhub on TV? Yeah. I mean, if everyone thought like you, this economy would come to a stop right now. Sure, you know, things are starting to open up a little tiny bit, but home delivery is the backbone of capitalism at this time. I'm just doing my patriotic duty by ordering stuff. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know about your patriotic duty, but yes, it does help keep the economy going until we can open up fully for regular commerce at business establishments. Okay, well, I don't know if I'm actually being a, you know, a patriot ordering, you know, from restaurants and all the other home delivery companies, but I'm doing my small part, you know, in keeping the economy alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, are, are you ordering things in bulk? It's always a smart thing to do when ordering online. Bulk. There are price breaks when you get over like a metric ton of any item. Uh, Mr. Prepper, I do not have the space in my studio apartment for that amount of junk, okay? I I often make individual purchases. It, It spreads around the revenue. You mean you order one item at a time from the grocery store? That doesn't seem like a prudent course of action. No, 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 no. Uh, okay, okay. I usually go at least a couple items when I order groceries, but but I don't want the delivery person to have to carry a bunch of bags up the stairs to my apartment. You know, before this horrible pandemic, when things were normal, I measured the distance from my couch to the kitchen. It's 11 steps. And to the front door, it's only seven. So uh, way back then, you know, on, on my low energy days, this has been a few years ago, uh, you know, when I, when I was maybe binging seriously on Netflix, sometimes I just ordered something from the store rather than schlepping to the kitchen to get it. And, you know, yeah. I mean, they usually, you know, got it to my place within two hours. So it worked for me. I just kept on watching TV, you know. Obviously, I can't do that now. That would be wrong. Okay, let me let me get this straight. You would order something to be delivered to your door rather than having to get up and go to the kitchen to grab it? Courtney, Chloe? Nah, not back then. Yeah, not every day, though, that way back then. I mean, geez, I mean, that would clearly be disgusting. But occasionally, on a rare day, it was a nice treat to just, you know, use my phone to get a cold two-liter bottle of Sprite or a, or a fresh bag of Cool Ranch Doritos and, and save those four steps. Oh, Spud, if you had one of those step counters, you would be under double figures most days now. Oh, no. Listen, I now try to be a responsible orderer, okay? But but I want to okay. say that most of the delivery people love me. I tip well, and I let them use my bathroom if they need to. Of course, you know, currently they and I go with the masks and gloves on when they have to come in. Oh, what I'm afraid of is America or the world when this crisis is eventually over, will have become so infatuated with home delivery that they will learn to bypass our local retailers. And that would be very sad. Yeah, that would be very sad. You know, and I don't think I'm totally addicted right now to to having stuff delivered to my door. I mean, I could kick it if I had to. You know, when the all clear comes, 
And I'm just going to then take it one day at a time. But eventually I know I'll, I'll have to, you know, leave my apartment to shop again. You know, I mean, at least for things that are just too embarrassing to have delivered, especially if you have to make eye contact with the delivery person. Well, what products could possibly be so embarrassing that you wouldn't even want to be seen by a delivery person? I can't imagine. Come on, y'all. Oh, there's stuff and plenty of stuff that we all, or at least at least myself, would well, rather keep on the DL. I, I make it a point to not answer the door when I know something is coming that I consider private or intimate. You know, there, there there's no need for feeling shame. They just, just leave it at the door. Well, when I order intimate products, I have them sent to a post office box I opened up years ago. It takes care of that problem. Again, I can't conceive of any product that you'd be embarrassed about, Mrs. Jarvitz. What on earth could they be? Can you keep a secret? If I told you, it would defeat the purpose of the post office box fees. All in all, though, it's money well spent. Yeah, well, you know, I I should really explore that down the road. But anyway, right now, hey, yeah, Mr. Temporary Co-Host, see if our next guest is ready to go. Uh, Well, yeah, it's Temporary Permanent Co-Host. And I'm being told your next guest, Laura Prepon, is holding for you. Now, she's a TV star, right? Uh, Yeah. She's been in a bunch of movies, too. Uh, Of course, she was in the cast of that 70s show. And and all the actors on that series really got famous. Even you know about that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe I do. Was Ron Howard and the guy who played Potsy in that? What are you people? On dope? Oh, Gerald, that was Happy Days, a show about the 50s. Get your decades right, for God's sake. Well, listen, I loved the 70s. I think it was a much better decade than, say, uh, the 90s, which, by the way, was way too grungy for me. What's with you, Johan? Uh, Laura's also an author, and it has a new book out, so we got to talk about that. Just put her through. Very well, but for the record, I still think that disco got a bad rap in the in the 70s. It was never that loud like those rock bands in Seattle were back in the 90s. But, okay, here she is. Okay, and you will burn in hell for that disco remark. Say hello to actress, director, and author Laura Prepon. Uh, thanks a bunch for calling into the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, so you have a new book out titled You and I as Mothers, uh, A Raw and Honest Guide to Motherhood. Full disclosure, I'm not a mother myself, but I am interested in what goes into being a good mother. In my own, I love dearly, but she had some issues in raising me, you know. What are some of the keys to being a top-notch mom? (laughs) Well, the good news is that this book is speaking to a lot of people that are not mothers, so that's great. Okay. Um, Because I, I speak to many different subjects that we're dealing with but also a lot of people that aren't mothers you know as example like stress reduction techniques loss of control self-care community all these things that we can relate to just dealing with what we're currently dealing with in the world um but yeah it's i'm really proud of the book it was such a healing and amazing experience writing it and not only do i share my own personal experiences and tips and tricks but I interview my mom squad, which is this eclectic group of moms of all ages and backgrounds that speak to these topics as well so that anybody can read the book and get something out of it. 
Super. All right. Well, you know, mothers, you know, currently are now having to be like super moms given the current public health crisis with work demands, looking for work or coupled with family demands and now being homeschool teachers, too. It's a tough gig, huh? It's a a tough gig. I mean, as look, as a working mom, I've always known that um, stay at home parenting was just as hard. And now everyone is getting a taste of it. So, you know, no woman will ever be asked again um, or no stay at home parent will ever be asked again what they do all day. Because let me tell you, it is. uh, Did you hear these stories about different couples who are like one goes to an office, the other one stays at home? And now you, you know, you're realizing like it's a lot of work. Yeah. It really is. And so it's, it's good that people now know that, you know, because um, it is like we're running a restaurant, we're running a school, we're, we're, and we have a newborn, you know, we're doing, we're doing all of it. Um, and everybody is uh, just trying to get through it right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, previously you wrote a book titled The Stash Plan. It it detailed information about how to eat smartly. Over the years, having access to, like, unlimited cinnamon rolls, pizza, and probably all the pigs in a blanket one could eat with craft services, how tough is it to eat healthy on a TV or movie set? (laughs) I learned, look, I've been, I've had the good fortune to be doing what I'm doing for over 20 years. I love my job. Um, but one of the pitfalls is craft service. I learned very early on to steer clear of it. Nice problem, though. So, yeah, that was something I learned early on where I'm just like, nope, not going near that section. All right. Because it is like, you know, and it's always situated in a place that you always have to walk by. So it's, um, I, I learned that lesson early on. All right, all right. Well, in regards to your acting career, when you made your debut on TV in 1998 on that 70s show, did the clothes and the feathered hair look get old after a while, or did you really learn to love the fashion of that era? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, the fashion of that era, for my character at least, was very cool. Like my, you know, Donna Pinciotti was a badass and she wore very cool clothes. She was like a tomboy. So I basically just wore jeans and a t-shirt most of the time. So I was okay with it. Um, Mila had to wear kind of more of the funkier clothes, but it was great. Honestly, I loved it. And um, as I said, my character was pretty chill in terms of, you know, the hair and the wardrobe and everything. Right. But yes, some of the guest stars that came on the show, and there was a bunch of stuff where they would have to get, do all the kind of um, bolder 70s looks. But I loved it. It was so much fun. And it was a great, it was a great learning experience. I learned so much on that show. Well, the cast, for sure, I mean, uh, did very well. I mean, everybody kind of blew up. It was kind of like the TV version of Dazed and Confused for the cast. But anyway, that was my observation. But. Spud? What? Well, I, I do not follow your dazed and confused reference. Is that a medical affliction? But listen, regarding your fashion question you asked, Laura, I yeah. still to this day have my wardrobe clothing that was popular back in the 70s, uh, mostly hand-me-downs from my older brother that I still wear occasionally. You know, some items are just timeless. Uh, Hey, Laura, I need a moment here to address somebody in the studio bothering me. I'll be right back. Dude, I would not expect you to get the reference to a very cool movie 
Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused. It was released, I don't know, back in 93, I think. And and the cast also later blew up, like Matthew McConaughey, uh, Ben Affleck, uh, Parker Posey, Renee Zellweger, among many others who were also in it. And it still has one of my all-time favorites, you know, in terms of soundtracks. I mean, it was a great record. Oh, I still have that CD. Who wouldn't love anything with Foghat on it? And Slow Ride is a classic. Yeah. Fog hat? Is that is that like a hat that a tugboat captain no, wears? No, no, no. It was a band <laughs> from the 70s. Though I bet there, you know, might be like a stepbrother or something from the original group that, that's still playing casinos these days. Oh, I would pay to see any band that played their songs, even if they weren't related to any of the original members. You know, the 70s was a highly underrated decade. I was oh, just a little kid. Yeah. But it gave us a lot of great things, like President Richard Nixon, the first Rocky movie, okay. and, and of course, Gordon Lightfoot. He put out some amazing music. Again, my older brother would let me borrow his old 8-tracks. He had moved on to cassettes by then. Well, that's, that's really valuable information to learn from you, but I don't remember asking you for this input, okay? As I'm doing an interview right now. Zip it, please, and let me get back to Laura. All right, I have returned. All good, thanks. Well, let me hit you with this. Orange is the New Black uh, completed its run after seven seasons. It was a, a truly great show, but I was curious uh, with, with the orange jumpsuit thing. Did, did the cast members take theirs home, uh, you know, to wear around the house? Like, because I know I, I talked to a lot of actors in hospital shows and they all swipe their scrubs. So I, I was just curious. Well, the scrubs are super comfortable. My father was a surgeon, and I used to love wearing his scrubs when he would have extra scrubs in the house. They're super comfortable. Yeah. But um, the orange jumpsuits were not, they're, they're terrible. They're very, we wore khaki jumpsuits, uh, khaki uniforms for most of the time, but they're scratchy and uncomfortable and they fit terribly. No, <laughs> none of us wanted to bring any of those home. All right, that's, trust for, me. that's for the and record. And the boots were like wearing cement like buckets on your feet. It was just awful. All right, we got that on uh, uh, recorded. So if the show ever does a reunion gathering, you might need to rent out a convention center. You know, so it had to be the largest cast on TV. Did you guys have to wear name tags ever or to remember everybody's names? <laughs> um, we didn't. There were a lot of characters on that show. Um, but yeah, you just kind of, I don't know, you just, yeah, you just learn everybody. Even when I, because I directed multiple episodes of the show. I know. And, no. you know, as a director, it was always very important to me that, you know, even if there were a bunch of new actors on the show, to always know who everybody is. And you want to, I mean, I always treat everybody with respect and, you know, acknowledgement. Like a lot of guest directors come on and they don't really care to get to know anybody. And for me, it's always very important because you want, you always want people to feel comfortable and at home, especially as a guest star to like come into a show for a couple of episodes and leave. It's, it's always kind of daunting and I know what that feels like. So I always make sure no matter who the actor is, you always want to make sure everyone feels seen and heard. And it's just a muscle you get good at just memorizing who everybody is. You just uh -huh. have to figure it out. All right. All right. Well, I know you got to scoot. So let me say again that you have a new book out titled You and I as Mothers, A Raw and Honest Guide to Motherhood, published by Abrams Image. So I just want to thank you so much for, for checking in with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your time. Ms. Laura Prepon. 
friends, each year the American drug industry spends over $1 million in research and development. And the benefits are made available to you and your physician through your friendly professional drugstore. So get to know your druggist. Trade with him. He serves your family well. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Spud, your yes. last guest, Mira Sorvino, is ready to go. Now, okay. you know, I'm very familiar with her father, Paul Sorvino. He is a great actor. We loved him on uh, Law and Order years ago. Uh, and don't forget Goodfellas and a ton of other movies and TV shows. Uh, Mira Sorvino, as most everyone knows, is an Academy Award winning actress. I'm really glad she was able to call in. Oh, she's a very good actress. Loved right. her in Lulu on the Bridge and The Replacement Killers. Yeah, I'm not familiar with those movies. Were they on NBC or CBS? You don't listen to you. You just ask the same questions every week. Uh, that would be a no. Uh, please put her through before she has to take a meeting with her agent or something. Yep, very well. Here she is. Please welcome Academy Award-winning actress Mira Sorvino to the show. We appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah, so you have a new Netflix project to discuss, and this one I'm really interested in checking out. It, it's titled Hollywood, and it's Ryan Murphy's first in-house Netflix production. It's, it's a good bet be, to be a hit, because the guy does not do lame TV. Give us the basics of the show, if you would. Uh, it basically takes place in you know the quote-unquote golden age of Hollywood of the 40s, uh, but it's like a revisionist, like, what-if look. Like, what if you could change the script, if you could, at that time, start having everyone in the industry being woke, being fair-minded, being honest and open and promoting equality and a meritocracy instead of uh, rigid stereotypes that kind of just reinforce a kind of a, a, a power imbalance that right. is quote, both on screen and off. Huh. So you have, you know, a storyline in which LGBTQ people, people of color, um, women of a certain age, uh, women who are trapped in, in kind of abusive or power imbalanced relationships, all of a sudden are given a chance to live in a more authentic way and be represented on screen instead of being sort of scuttled to the side. Well, let's talk a bit about you. Uh, so, so you come from a family based in the arts. Your, your mother, Lorraine, was a drama therapist, and your father, Paul, is one of our great actors. Loved him recently in The Godfather of Harlem. So so you went to Harvard, but well, acting was always in the plans career-wise, I'm guessing. Is that correct? I wanted to be an actress from the time I was about 10 years old. Yeah, my parents didn't want me to do it professionally until I was older. At 16 and a half, I started auditioning for professional projects because there was a talent scout who came to my high school looking for girls who could horseback ride and act um, for a specific project, which I didn't end up getting, but it was sort of my my introduction to auditioning for professional projects. But I didn't really begin fully working. Uh, I wasn't successful until I was in my early 20s. Oh. Um, and I wouldn't say that at the beginning that I was successful, but I just landed a few jobs compared to as a teenager, sort of trying out for stuff, but not not really getting anything really significant. Well, in the early days of your career in New York, I read you had a small apartment with a bathtub in the kitchen. Was the living room out in the hallway? I'm just curious. I must have been a pretty small studio apartment. Uh, it, it wasn't a studio. It was a, it was what they call a railroad flat. It was a, like an old tenement building, and I was on the I believe it was the fifth floor. Oh. Um, and you had to walk up the stairs and. 
yes, there was like a little, you know, like, you know how in Europe they have those WCs sometimes? Like, it's like you have a key to a bathroom that's in the hall, and it's only your bathroom, but you've got to go into the common hall stairway area of the building to access it. And then my tub was in the kitchen. There was a very small, maybe 8 by 10 living room and an even smaller bedroom that could barely fit the bed and, like, a dresser. Like, you couldn't really stand up in it. You just had to crawl from the door onto the bed. Wow. All right. Um, but I was loving it, you know. That was my my starving artist life. I loved it. Yeah, it must I take... mean, I didn't love it so much that I wanted to stay there once I could afford to live somewhere else. But uh... right, right. Yeah, yeah it must have taken like five minutes to do a whole full house cleaning. That's kind of cool. Well, let me say this: in 1995, you won an Academy Award for for Best Supporting Actress in Woody Allen's Mighty Aphrodite. It was an impressive performance. I also thought you and Lisa Kudrow should have both won Best Actress Oscars for your work in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. It still holds up today on multiple viewings. It is a great movie. Still. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, I think I think that was kind of a sleeper that people didn't didn't fully appreciate at the time how wonderful it was. And I think now, like I I feel really blessed to have been in that that project because it it has had such legs and so many people continue to get joy from it. So yes. it, it, it's kind of lightning in a bottle. Yeah. All right. That's bad. What? I may, well, if I can offer my own opinion, Jeez. On sleeper movies that maybe didn't get their due when they were released, but now are pure classics, there's one that comes to mind as it's our family's favorite. Okay. Mall Blart, Mall Cop 2. Now, it was tough for this sequel to top the first Paul Blart, Mall Cop movie, but they actually pulled it off. Uh, Mira, I'll, I'll be back in a sec. Okay. What the hell are you talking about? Well, we are discussing Academy Award-winning films here. Yes, Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, was a film that I felt was overlooked by the Academy. We've rented that movie at Redbox maybe, I don't know, 15 times. Kevin okay. James' signature performance was spectacular. I really feel actors that are, say, a little more uh, stocky quite often don't get the attention of the more spelt ones do. He, he does have a point there. I've always preferred the heavy, older version of Marlon Brando over his younger, more trim stage. And for that matter, I liked the heavier Al Roker than the skinny one. I like my men with some meat on their bones. Yeah. That's good to know, Aunt Dorothy. Let me return to Mira. All right, I am back. Well, I want to hit you with this. How are you handling the current lockdown in society due to the public health crisis? It had to be done, and you know things are going to slowly start to open up. But are you as burned out uh, from playing too many hours of Yahtzee and Clue like I am? How, how, how are you hanging with this? So I think it's this balancing act of like looking out of like, wow, we've never been in a situation like this before. The entire world is facing this plague, essentially. And, um, you know, it's it's certainly psychologically a really trying time, I think, for everyone. I think, you know, we have to be grateful that we have a nice yard that we can go out into and, and look at the, the blue sky. Some people are trapped in tiny apartment places and really must feel even more trapped. Right. Um, and also, I have the blessing of having my family here and getting to be with the people I love. There are some people out there who are living alone and don't even have a pet, maybe. So, um, you know, I, I think... I, I always try and, and, and thank God for like the blessings that I do have and we are we are being mindful to actually treasure the time we have with our kids, which ordinarily we wouldn't have. We have such busy lives that like 
My kids are usually in multiple after-school activities, dance and baseball. And, yeah. And, uh, and we're, a lot of times we don't get home until like after 8 p.m. after all the practices or, or rehearsals are done. So now we have these incredible family dinners every night where we, you know, obviously we cook every meal at home, which is something that I had gotten a little bit lazy about. And, had, you know, maybe I would cook one or two dinners a week in the past. And now every single meal is eaten in the house. But, but we like... We like having the time to connect with each other, so we're trying to we're trying to see the positive in it, even though underlying it, 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 it in many ways is a very dark time. And 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 we we are so grateful for the for the incredible bravery of the frontline absolutely health workers and the essential workers. Like it's it's sort of a it's really an eye opening time when you realize what is what is most important and who are really the most important people in our society and, and that they should be paid more. Very well said. I really appreciate you sharing that. So, all right, well, let me say again that your new Netflix series, Hollywood, is now streaming, so people need to check it out. Thanks a whole bunch for, for speaking with us. Thank you. Ms. Mira Sorvino. I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. Super. When you say me, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I don't know anything about it. The American people are looking for answers and they're looking for hope. giant, beautiful, massive, the biggest ever in our country. It comes from China. It comes from China. I don't know anything about it. It's going to bounce back very big at the right time. That turned out to be a great move. I don't know anything about it. My, how time flies. Uh, you know, getting back to this home delivery fad that seems to have caught on in this country, I was wondering. If it's you... not a fad, man. It, it's a necessity with the current public health situation. Okay, well, as I mentioned previously, we all can still go to the grocery store if we really need something that is lacking from our emergency supplies. So, for the most part, I don't see the need for home delivery. If everyone had just...
plan for this pandemic, there would be no problem getting from day to day. They are complete pathetic maggots! Gerald, as Fred and I have mentioned, not everyone has had getting prepared for an apocalypse at the top of their to-do list over the years. Just when did you start to stock up on supplies, if I could ask? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, shortly after my wife and I were married, as any newlyweds would do. You know, it's part of starting a new family, right? I don't understand. Uh, it, it's never been at the top of any of any list of mine when I got married. All the marriages. And, and yeah, I, I may be paying a price for that today, but as far as home delivery, I have been taking advantage of it. It's benefits for many, many years, okay? In that sense, I've been ahead of the curve. I'm Teddy Powers! Uh, hey, uh, Spud, they're saying that we have a caller on the line, a gentleman who says he's in the home delivery sector. Uh, do you want me to have them put him through? Uh, yeah, it beats talking to you. Oh. Through. Caller, are you there? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I've been listening okay. to uh, your show, and, yeah. and I heard you talking about delivery guys. I happen right. to be in home delivery. Oh, you know, super. But I'd rather keep my company's name out of this, you know. Uh, I did want to say though that I don't know. UPS? I don't think there's. Amazon? I don't think there's anything wrong with you ordering a lot of stuff. I okay. mean, as long as you're not that. putting yeah. us into well, again, just don't put me in a risky situation. You know, I, of course, you don't come of course. to the door without a mask, do you? No, these days I just keep the mask on all the time in my apartment. I've gotten used to it now. It's no big deal. Even the rubber gloves, with them on, I don't have to wash my hands that much. When they get greasy from eating a pizza or something, I just toss them into the garbage and put on a new pair. And it only makes common sense. Are you telling me everyone in your family wears a mask at home? No, I I live alone in my apartment. You know, the last few nights, I've even slept in it, the the mask. Uh, I should probably try to wash it soon, though. I mean, Aunt Dorothy, does paper hold up okay, you know, in a washing machine? Oh, no, Spud. I'm sure they would not make it through the washing cycle. Okay, all right. Well, I'll hold off on cleaning it and just put on a new one. I got a few here. So, so, so caller, do they Mm -hmm. pay you more for doing this nowadays than before? I mean, all you guys totally deserve a raise, for sure, a big raise. Well, they say they're going to increase the hourly pay for some staff, but we okay. haven't seen okay. it yet. I think really? they're hoping this pandemic will just go away soon, and they never do have to pay as hazard pay. Wow. Know? And that is so cheesy, as management all work from home now. Well, man, really, that is cheesy. Can I, can I ask if you deliver groceries? Um, you know, those guys are true American heroes. Yes. No, I work for a company that handles most everything but groceries. You like know, anything UPS that comes in a box. Or, or, but, no, but I, I do have a good buddy who works at Instacart. I bet Instacart. you that's the place oh, yeah. that does your shopping yeah. and delivers it to your front door. Absolutely. You've some wacky stories lately. Well, I, you know, I make sure to tip those guys heavily. I, I, I try to keep it to no more than once a day, too. Even when I might need, like... A bottle of, you know, mustard or something or for a hot dog or for a late night snack, I need some whipped cream for a piece of pumpkin pie. I just suck it up and go without it. If you know how I feel, why would you say that? Yeah, as long as you tip at least 10%, it's cool, man. You know, and if you're one of those who order many times a week, I don't think my buddy would mind making multiple trips to your place. You sound like a decent guy. Hey, sometimes up to 20%, Gerald, all right? Well, you know, yeah. I am a very decent guy. So so is it tough these days to take a vacation? Uh, I'm just guessing that, uh, that you guys probably aren't able to do that right now, right? 
Well, considering all the OT, all of us are getting vacations, we'll have to wait. Yeah, okay, I hear you. Everybody that didn't prepare. Yeah, well, thank you for your service. I got to say that. And tell your buddy at Instacart that maybe down the road, he and well, all you guys, for that matter, will we'll get a medal. That's what I think or something. You know, because I, cool. medic- I know medical staff, the EMTs, the police, grocery clerks, janitorial staff, like the food bank people. And, well, I mean, there there's so many, uh, so many people out there doing heroic things right now. It, it, it just, you don't know, it makes me feel inadequate because... Basically, I'm an epidemic draft dodger. Stop being awake! Uh, I'm just going to let you go, but hey, you be careful out there. Yeah, I should get going. I need to get ready for work. I'll talk to you later, man. Yep. You know, that that was a nice conversation. And I I hope it will put to rest any public condemnation of my home delivery activity. I am not a nuisance to society. Stupidly, I okay, I was... You know, trying to live the American dream and maybe ordering too much, but it's not a good thing to do right now, and I'm aware of it. There are moments in history one has to put the needs of others before our own. Send Fredo off to do this, send Fredo off to do that. Yeah, but a little long-term preparation would ease a bit of strain on the home delivery system. Oh, I would agree. Maybe you could plan out your shopping needs, bud, and do them once a week. Yeah, you're you're right. I hear you, Aunt Dorothy. I will idea. cut back and you know and plan my orders wisely now. It's the least I can do for my country. Okay, I need to wrap up things now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye bye. The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer Lori Madsen. Producer David Brenneman. Produced at Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate Producer, T.J. Pites. Video Director, Wyatt Young. Production Assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original Music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air Talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2020 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. Spud Goodman.